Fantastic to see you here this morning, church. Who's believing God for something new? Ah, oh, that's a good response there. Why don't you just take your seats? <clears throat> We're going to get straight into things this morning and believing God's got a great message for us as a church. So I just want to do some special welcomes. We've got David and Vicky and Joe Stanford sitting here on the front row. They're great friends of Pauline and I from the Adelaide Hills. Good to have you with us. And uh, we've got uh, lots of people here. Bart and Beck, can't forget them. They're good friends of ours as well. And uh, it was great that they were, we were all in the same youth ministry in Mount Barker and it was awesome working with those guys. It was just a, a great honour to have them here with us this morning. We've got uh, uh, Ryan and Chloe from Kimber. Let's give them a welcome today. <clears throat> and uh, uh, Vanessa's mum's here somewhere as well. So it's great to have all these uh, people visiting with us today. There they are, right there. So give them a welcome and uh, <clears throat> a very, very, very special welcome to, to Tomo as well, just because he never gets a welcome, so it's good to have him here. And the, the key in life is never go fishing or hunting or anything with him because he'll get the biggest deer, the biggest fish, and so just don't do it. You just, if he's there, stay home. Just don't go. There's a little bit of advice for all the men. But uh, yeah, good to have you with us, Tomo. Great stuff. So th this year... We've been on the theme of, of the supernatural, and we're going to continue that this morning. But before we do, I want to thank all the people who came out and helped with the gardening this week, did a fantastic job. And what it was just so amazing, all the people turned up, and everyone did a lot. It was just amazing. There was just so many people doing so, so much, and we did beyond what we thought we could do. So uh, people were coming to me, what can I do next? And I said, just go and see Beth. So Beth was in charge, and... and Great job, Beth. Let's give her a hand for uh, putting all that together. <clears throat> the super mum who doesn't do anything by one. She says, oh, I'm going to be a mum. I'm going to have two just because she can. Just amazing. So, um, uh, and, and she comes back. She comes back from having babies and then says, come on, let's get this garden done. Because when she went away, she was away for like three months. I said, I oh, will have it all done by the time you get back and nothing happened. So, you need her to come back and make it work. So, as I said, we're continuing our theme of supernatural because I honestly and fully committed that if we're going to be Christians, we might as well live in the supernatural that Jesus intended for us. So um, this morning we're, we're um, uh, living in the supernatural power of God has its foundation on the truth that we don't deserve God's goodness. So th th there's some th foundational things that I want us to look at this morning um, because... Um, God's goodness is known to us as this word called grace that overlooks our weakness and, and our issues, our rebellion to God and all those things is called sin. Um, and not, it's, it's getting right with God is not about uh, uh, how hard we try um, to do the right things. Uh, it's because Jesus stands in our place. That's called grace. Um, and that, that's because he took the penalty for all our sin. But uh, we'll do a separate message on that one day on, on the grace and the goodness of God towards every single person. Uh, but this morning, we're going to be looking at supernatural salvation and the work of Jesus and freedom from religion. So uh, that's a big title there uh, this morning. But supernatural salvation, freedom from religion. Um, <clears throat> so... This is a continuation from a message I, I preached back in February. So it was February the 3rd was part one. So if you want to listen to that, get on the podcast and you'll pick it all up from there. 
And uh, I haven't actually gone back to that message to see what I actually said. So I hope they meet in the middle somewhere. But uh, they will because uh, they do that. I'm going to try something different if I get stuck this morning because I usually can't see my notes. So if I do that, I'm like, oh, wow. Did I really say, did I really write that? <clears throat> so salvation, do I look smarter? Will you give me more respect if I wear these? I'll do it. But I can't see you. It's like Paris and Alexander, they're here as well. Let's give them a great hand. Great to have them back. <clears throat> Welcome back home. When are you moving? We'll help you shift. Come on back. <clears throat> but salvation is a, is a strange word. It's a Christianese word meaning to save, to, to bring someone out of destruction. Um, it, it could also be identified with the word redemption. Same kind of thing, which has its core, the added meaning, not only to save, but to substitute our sin for righteousness. So redemption and salvation can be interchangeable. They kind of mean the same thing, but they have different perspectives on what God does in our life is to bring us back to, to Jesus and to bring us back to God. So supernatural salvation is freedom from religion. So Galatians 5 verse 1, so we'll just go one step at a time. Galatians 5 verse 1 tells us this. It should pop up on the screens for you, for us, for me. I can see it better up there over the top of my glasses. Not coming. So that clicker's not working for them either. <clears throat> so supernatural salvation. So Christ, this is what Galatians 5 verse 1 tells us, so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Now, what is all this talking about? So those unfamiliar with the story of Jesus, that's not how I made it. That, that someone's, someone's meddled with my, my, my things. No, they didn't. What is going on with that? That is really, really poor quality. Sorry, guy. <clears throat> I do it myself, so I can't blame anyone else. Those unfamiliar with the story of Jesus and, and Christianity often don't understand the difference between religion and salvation. So that a lot of people think, oh, you go to church, you're religious. And so they have this misunderstanding of what salvation actually means and, and uh, being what a Christian actually is. And they say, well, you must be religious. That you, who's ever understood that people think that? But going back to Galatians 5 verse 1, the law, it says, don't become a slave again to the law. What is that talking about? The law mentioned in this scripture refers to the rules that God gave Moses and the Israelites to live by when they came out of slavery in Egypt. Hebrews 9 verse 22 gives a little bit more uh, impact to this. Uh, this is whoever wrote Hebrews. It says, in fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness. And if we don't understand that kind of connection we wouldn't understand why Jesus gave his life once and for all to deal with the issue of mankind's sin or human sin so religion does uh, does not um, initiate God's grace I'm going to see religion a system of rules and regulations and, and rituals religion removes the most important aspect and replaces it with rituals that have no relationship to God, no relationship to Jesus, no relationship to the Holy Spirit. And what God has in mind for people isn't rigid orders, it's relationship like walking through life with a friend. 
So hopefully we've set a foundation this morning between salvation and, and uh, um, relationship with God compared to a religious institution. Colossians 2 verse 23. Oh, they look better. Well, where did we find them? These rules, it says, Colossians 2.23, these rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial and severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. So what they're talking about, these rules, these rules of religion, they may seem wise. Have you ever uh, tried to please God by thinking, well, I'm going to do it all right. Give me the formula and I'll perform. I've been there. I've done that. It's like these rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion. So that means I, I'm at things. I'm at, I'm, I'm at early morning prayer times. I, I don't eat certain foods. I'm doing everything that I possibly can. I'm devoted. I've got self-denial. I, I don't, you know, don't go to these places. I don't look at this stuff. I'm self-denying. Um, severe bodily discipline. I whip myself. I, I punish myself. But they provide... No help in conquering a person's evil desires. So there's a difference between personal discipline and religious ceremony. It's not about more Bible study, more prayer, more fasting, no eating this, no touching that, uh, so that we can be right with God before God is going to notice us. It's not about those kind of things. See, uh, personal discipline, uh, like Bible study, like praying, like fasting, they are, they are good. They have a place in our life and they help us to grow and understand God better, to be drawing closer to Him and His ways. So we don't throw it out completely. But God's way of saving us doesn't depend on uh, do this, now do that, and, and uh, don't eat that, don't go there. They're, they're things that we may feel from time to time to do, but they're not the gateway into God's, into God's salvation, into God's redemption. So the word for today about the, the comparing um, personal disciplines and salvation, the word for today said it like this, um, strengthen your faith each day by reading God's word and praying, recalling God's goodness and reminding yourself that nothing is too hard for the Lord. So you, we can strengthen ourselves through personal discipline, but we don't earn God's favor or love because of that. Because God loves you madly and passionately and crazily uh, beyond all, all our uh, uh, goodness or whatever else we can do. God just says, I love you because I made you. <clears throat> uh, religious ceremony seeks to appease God by our strict observance to rituals rather than the relationship that Jesus made way for. So we don't want to settle for a religious observance so that we say we, we do all these things as a, as a ceremony to try and make a way right with God. But what, a, what we are getting at is that rituals of, religions, of religious festivals and observances don't make us right with God. So when somebody has faith, uh, a moment that changes things. Uh, one of the, my favorite stories in the Bible I shared this morning with the prayer meeting is the story of Jacob, where he's at the lowest of the low point of his life, 
And yet that's where God meets with him. And he has an encounter with God. And it says he, he, he was at a, such a low place that he, he's out bush away from everybody. And it says he, get, he got a rock as a pillow. Now, when you're sleeping with a rock as a pillow, you know you've got about as far low as you can go. And so, and it says he, he found, a, found a place to camp. He, he got a rock and went to sleep. And it says he saw a vision of heaven and he saw angels coming and going you know, up between heaven and earth. And, and he wakes up because it's an amazing moment. And he says, how awesome is this place? It's Bethel. It's no, none other than the house of God. Bethel means house of God. And he's, he's impacted by this incredible moment of, of um, revelation from God. And uh, it changes his whole future and his whole destiny is changed from that point of revelation. And, and that's a kind of life that God wants us to experience. And I, I, I said this morning as well that I remember I've had many times where I've felt the closeness of God, sometimes in church services, in worship, uh, sometimes in the preaching. Sometimes there's, there's, there's been moments in my life where, where I've had these special kind of times where I feel the, the love and the, 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 the power of God. And if you've never experienced that, you should desire to. And, and I can remember once uh, uh, going to Cooper PD and David and Vicky were on the same trip and I was driving from Mount Barker to, to uh, uh, the Barossa Valley area and listening to worship music and I just felt the presence of God in the car and I had to pick up other people in, in, in Barossa and, and I'm thinking, I don't want anyone else in the car to disturb this space with God. But... Uh, you know, those moments can't be measured. They can't be valued. It's just, it's just awesome. And I want to uh, try and inspire you this morning not to settle for religious observance of a, of, a, of a relationship with God, but a supernatural Bethel moment where you say, how awesome is God? This is so incredible, so amazing. Um, so if I can sort of try and uh, spur a, a, a hunger in your life to shake off any any religious kind of experience. I'm going off my notes now, so I don't need glasses for this. But I think one of the biggest problems we have in our Christian experience is, is we, we get people who've come with a cage. On, uh, we, we're sort of born with a cage around us, so to speak, where we have sin, we have brokenness, we have all kinds of things happen to us that cause us to live with the confines of life. So we say, I can't do this, I can't do that. I, I, I have all these issues. So we, we have a, we're caged in a certain sense. And then we come... We come into an experience of God very often and all we do as Christians is just, we, we take off their old cage and we put on our new one. We put on our Christian cage with that which, which is religious, which doesn't lead to freedom, which doesn't lead to exploits in the spirit, which doesn't lead to experiences of how awesome is God. And we, we don't want to just replace cages. We want to break cages and release people into the fullness and the power that God has for their life. Oh, how do I get back to my, my preaching now? But when someone has a faith moment, it changes everything. And I want to, I want to try and, and, and cause a spark of something, a faith moment in you this morning as you're listening to this message to say, Jesus, I want to have a faith moment. Because I remember going through the religious ceremony of life as a young man, I was, I was probably in my 20s. I was working as a plumber. I was in Melbourne. I was working on this building, um, uh, this renovation job in the middle of Melbourne. And I was at church the day before. And the preacher's preaching away. And, you know, sometimes you, you do listen to the preaching. You're not playing on your iPhone or whatever. And I was listening. And they're talking about the love of Jesus. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. But it's like you're thinking, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I've had no experience of this. 
if I can I just do this this morning? Throw away the notes. <clears throat> I've shared this before at some other places. And I remember like, God, I want to know your love. I want to understand what he's talking about. I, can't, I know you're real. I sort of sense your presence here and there. But I don't understand who, who you are really and what your love means to me. And I just prayed that prayer in, the, in, this, prayer, in this service when the preacher's preaching. And then I'm thinking, okay, that was good. There's no instant response here, God. But the next day, Monday, I'm at work and it's morning tea time and I'm going down the stairs to have what we call smoko and, and I'm going down the stairs and someone's playing in a ghetto blaster on the, on the construction site. And the radio and this song comes on, it was like a bridge over troubled water by Simon and Garfunkel. And the, now the Holy Spirit can't work through that, but he did. And, <laughs> and I'm just going down the stairs and then suddenly I hear these words you know, uh, when, when you're hurting, blah, blah, whatever it is, when you're, when you're lonely or whatever, the, however the song goes, and these words just suddenly, like there's all this noise on a building site, but these words just suddenly like, I can hear these words like nothing else is around me, and I'm going downstairs where I should be out of zone of all this stuff, and suddenly it's like the Holy Spirit says, you remember that prayer yesterday where, where you wanted to know what, I, what my love is like? It's like a bridge over troubled water, and I just like, Oh, I start crying. Oh, oh, Lord, you know, you're speaking to me. And I'm thinking, oh, I hope no one sees me here. But you know something? I value that moment because it was a revelation, a faith spark of the love of Jesus that got me. And it's not just, I'm just, a, I'm just an ordinary plumber. So I, I don't, you know, if, if God could speak to me like that, he can speak to all of us. You've just got to ask God the right questions. So when Jesus is revealed to our heart, we're changed because the root cause of our discomfort is sin. So sin separates you from God and no matter what else you have, until sin is neutralized, you live outside the relationship God intended for you. That's the biggest, that's a kapow that we need to understand. Supernatural salvation is what we're talking about. What's it look like? What is it? Salvation or redemption as God intended is totally supernatural because it's from heaven to us. It's not from us to heaven. And that's a big, the big swap around we have to try and get into our hearts is it's what God sends from heaven to you, not what you do for heaven's sake. Boy, this is getting thirsty up here. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. It says, but Peter talking to a crowd who, who suddenly have this revelation moment. And he says, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So from this one little bit of scripture here, I want to to understand what supernatural salvation looks like and four indicators that we can look for to know personally ourselves. Because one of the great things I'm really, really expert at is looking at everyone else and going, oh, you know, looking at, looking at, the, uh, looking at the, the things in other people where what God wants me to concentrate and wants you to concentrate is looking at yourself and saying, well, how, how do... How do I make myself better, not thinking how I'm going to make someone else better? 
or else sometimes we don't care about making them better. We just want to uh, criticize them. So there's a four indicators that we see from Acts chapter 238 um, uh, where salvation is really present. So the first thing, it says repent of sin. You know, I think in, in part one of supernatural salvation, I talked, th- that whole message was about repentance and turning from sin. But uh, turning away, rejecting and distancing ourselves from destructive patterns that separate us and keep us away from God. So re- my, my, my advice to you this morning is repent often and repeat if, if symptoms persist. So, and, and if, if symptoms don't persist, then see a pastor and, and get some help. But the symptoms of sin, you might think, well, what are the symptoms of sin? I'll, I'll give you just a few. There, there are, there's a lot more than just here that I'm going to um, show you. But repent often and repeat if symptoms persist. Symptoms of, of sin are shame. So if you're feeling shamed about yourself, you think, well, I feel ashamed, I, I feel, I feel uh, uh, you know, guilty, um, that, that's a symptom of sin. If you feel fear all the time uh, about, about everything, if you've got overwhelming fear that withholds you from uh, stepping into what God has planned for you or, or things that you think, well, I wish I, I wish I could do that, or I think I could, but I won't because I, I, I'm, I fear that I might fail. I fear that people might judge me. I fear this or I fear that. That's a symptom of sin. Um, unworthiness. Oh, I could never do that. Oh, I don't know if God really loves me. Oh, I don't know if I could really get a blessing. Oh, you know, that's a fit, senses of unworthiness are symptoms of sin. Isolation is another symptom of sin. Well, you know what? I, I feel a little bit bad about myself, so I'll feel better because I just distance myself from everybody else. I'll just build walls of isolation and I stay. It's actually a symptom of sin. When people isolate themselves, you know, you ever see people who are really going on for God, they're, 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 they're doing really well, they're, they're, they're going strong, and then suddenly you think that, you know, you don't see them around. They're starting to distance themselves, they're starting to isolate themselves because of, rather than dealing with a sin issue, they start to isolate, start to try and hide, like Adam and Eve did. They tried to hide their sin and they isolated themselves from God and we still do that today, but from each other. Uh, one, of the, one of the greatest symptoms of sin is pride. And we need to really be, uh, we need to be really brutal with ourselves and, and dig out that, that, little, that little thing because it can affect everything negatively if we don't deal with it. The second one, <clears throat> the second sign of salvation is, it, 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 you know, Peter says here, turn to God. Have an open heart. Accept Jesus. In the very first instance, when you <clears throat> come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we say, Ask Jesus into your heart. Accept Jesus. Uh, Accept him in and allow him to adjust the core and make us better. The core is dealing with that sin issue. So when we think about salvation and and getting right with God, it's all about dealing with the issue of sin. A big problem that that a lot of people have is they come to God. I I was talking to a guy recently and he says, you know what? Uh, I'm I'm doing all the right things. I'm I'm going to church. He's coming here. I'm going to church. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all this stuff and you know I just want God to bring my girlfriend back if he, she just if he just does that then you know he's making promise I said mate you can't do that with God you can't you can't broker a deal with God and say now get my girlfriend back because I've been good first now you do that and 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 I don't know something just came over him and he just started weeping and crying because he he, he realized that God was much bigger 
than his demands. Now, it's not that we don't ask God questions and ask God for things. We've got to say, God, give me the, the right desire for those things, for the right things. You know, there's a scripture that often gets misquoted. It says, you know, commit your ways to the Lord and God will give you the desires of your heart. Oh, I want a Harley. Oh, I'd love a nice new Beretta shotgun. Oh, I'd like a, I'd like a, a brand new, uh, uh, you know, Browning rifle or whatever. Jesus, give me it all. A brand new Hilux jacked up, big wheels. Give me that, Jesus. When we hear that scripture about he'll give you the desires of your heart, it means he will put in you new desires for his purposes, for his reasons, for his kingdom. Oh, that went over like a lead balloon. Come on. When we, when we read that, you read that wrong thing. He's going to give me the desires of my heart. Oh, I, I need a new wife. I need a new house. I need, I need everything else. Does that make sense to you this morning? Did that get in? Say, Jesus, give me the desires. You know, he, will get, sorry, he will give you the desires that you need that bring honor and glory to him and get you on the right path and with the right focus to live. The supernatural life. So where we are, turning to God. Turning to God is a shift of loyalty from sin to Jesus. You know what? We have loyalty in the wrong places. We have loyalty to sin and not loyalty to Jesus. Now, I don't want to you know, d detail all that, but just think sometimes we, we have loyalty to sin where we, we know what the Word of God says, but we'll do what our friends say. We know what the Word of God says, but we'll do, we'll do things that, that are, that are uh, not righteous because we have a divided loyalty. And, and one of the things we, that we, we need to grapple with if we're going to live with supernatural salvation washing over us is the, all the time is to turn to God and shift our loyalties from sin to Jesus. Because I'm telling you, everything in your life that, that, that you struggle with always comes down to one little word, and that is S-I-N. From New Zealand, sun. <laughs> oh, I don't know where that came from. It's sin. It's sin. And the solution is the blood of Jesus. And you don't have to fight it on your goodness, on your on your on your, uh, your own righteousness, you say, Jesus, I'm struggling with, with attitude. I'm struggling with, with, with doing the wrong things. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm finding it difficult. And you say, Jesus, wash me with your blood because it's from heaven to us, not us to heaven. The, th the third thing we'll see when we're living with supernatural salvation or when we're looking for that, uh, it says, be baptized. Peter says to these people, be baptized. And that's a public declaration that we are disciples, that we identify in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Why, people? Because it deals with? Three people listened. Three people got it. Shall we try again? Just do this. When I go like this, say sin, everybody. Yeah, thank you. Makes me feel better. Be baptized. It's a, a public declaration that we're disciples. We, we're identifying ourselves uh, in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, that, that our old life is dead. Our sin's been dealt with, and we want to rise up out of the water as a new person, a new, a new believer. 
Acts chapter 2, verse 41, it says, Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church. You know, the thing that God sent Jesus to establish um, wasn't a social structure, wasn't a religious institution. It was a, a church that was full of supernatural power that, that, uh, that changes our destiny and our future. Fourth thing, it says, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> what I can encourage you here is to desire to live connected to and filled with a supernatural power, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit power, authority, ability to love, grace for others, um, holiness. It comes from God. It's not something that we can generate from ourselves. And if we can generate any of those things from ourselves, then, we let, then pride rises up. And we say, gee, we're so good. Gee, I'm not like other people. I get to church on time. Don't know what's wrong with them. But Peter says, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's, a, it's, it's Holy Spirit that makes us holy people. To live holy. But I want to encourage you, desire to live connected to and filled with supernatural power. Receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wasn't, as some people would suggest, it, it was just for them. It was just for the early church. No, Jesus told the disciples in Mark chapter 16, go and make disciples of all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They'll, they'll lay hands on the sick. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll um, do all these amazing things. They'll eat deadly poison that won't harm them, all this sort of stuff. You know what? We need to live in that supernatural power and we connect ourselves to that by having the fullness and the relationship with the Holy Spirit regularly. Supernatural salvation connects our normalness to God's supernaturalness. Not good English, but it sounds great. Supernatural salvation connects our normalness to God's supernaturalness and we live bigger, fuller and completer. And we're satisfied. Complete is not a good word either, but it's, I like it. Hebrews 6, 9, as we sort of bring this in for a landing. Hebrews 6, 9 says, We are confident that you are meant for better things. Things that come with salvation. God wants to do something new in us every day. Because he has so much better planned for our future. I want to encourage you this morning that we are confident, that I am confident, that God is confident, Jesus is confident, the Holy Spirit is confident in you that you were meant for better things. So I don't know what level you're at right now. I don't know your life experience or background, but the Word of God tells me today that you were meant for better things. You were meant for things that come with salvation. So we don't just go, hey, well, I got saved. Now I sit in church as a religious thing every single Sunday for the rest of my life. No, you're meant for better things that come with that. God wants to do something new in us every day because he, he has so much better plan for our future. And I want you to go for the better things. Go for the better things. So religion looks like this. When our experience of God has been limited by religion, we, we, we may have wanted salvation, but we only got religion. It's like coming out of a cage of sin and only to have it replaced by the cage of religion. 
We don't want to live like that. Ephesians 2.10, it says, this is just masterful words. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. If we put that scripture in Hebrews 6, 9 together, you can see that God is trying to give us a, a picture, a, a, a pattern, a way of living, that God has good things planned for you. God has good things planned for us. So I want to tell you today that God's view of you is you are His masterpiece. And what the enemy has messed up, God will fix up. I want to confess over you what the enemy has messed up, God wants to fix up. So you think of the worst mess up, God can fix it up. We don't have to worry about, hey, how can God ever fix that? Well, God knows how. And God can, and He loves you enough to do it. <clears throat> so when we're thinking of, the, of supernatural things in church, we can often think of, we can limit that to, oh, we, we've got a supernatural church and we have people doing weird things in church. That's a very limited supernatural. And I want to tell you something. I want us not to be a church full of weird people doing weird things. I want us to be a, a church that's full of power, which is full of authority, which is full of grace, which is full of mercy, which is full of miracles, which is full of all those sorts of things. It's not, not so that we can see some strange phenomenon happening in a church service that doesn't change the person in the end anyway. <clears throat> the type of supernatural that really matters is people finding their way back to God through believing Jesus. That's the best kind of supernatural. The type of salvation that really matters is people having their sin forgiven and their life finds its purpose. So you might have been living in a cage of religion. Maybe you've been in church for a long, long time. You could have been in church for most of your life. And you've always felt like something's been missing. Something's been out of, out of touch. Maybe you've just adopted religion, but you never really let God deal with your sin. Maybe you just did a prayer. Maybe you sort of, followed a, a few friends along but at the root cause of core of your life you're thinking but something's missing because I, I can tell you something when when you have that Jacob moment of Bethel of revelation this is awesome how awesome is God how awesome is this place nothing's going to stop you pushing through nothing's going to stop you pursuing after the call and purpose of God So if we could just close our eyes this morning, right across this place, it's personal, personal space and time with God. I want, to, I want you to ask yourself, depends on where you're at in life, but ask yourself, did I get Jesus or did I get religion? It's personal. If you got religion, that's the wrong answer. But starting from today, you can start a new, a, a new way forward. You can have a new experience connected into the supernatural salvation that Jesus had intended for your life and for your future. Today's Jesus is into restoring what's been missing for us all. 
filling the gaps and creating a masterpiece out of our mess. Why don't we stand to our feet this morning together? Now, I don't know, and we're not going to judge. <clears throat> so I don't know what you're going to actually respond to this morning. Because we want to have a general time as well. So if you, if you need prayer for a prayer need in your life, or if you want to give your life to Jesus this morning, I'm going to ask you to respond. And we're going to ask you to come right down the front. And we're going to do a little bit different today. And um, as the, the, the singers lead us in, in a song, I want you to respond to Jesus today. You might think, I, I want to step into a new future. I want to shake off the, the issues of my past. I want to shake off the bad experiences of religion in church. I want to let go of some baggage this morning. I want to take off the cage. I, I did. Some people might say, you know, I came into this into church because I needed that. I enjoyed it. But really, all I ever experienced was I took off one cage and then I got a church cage. How dumb is that? I really think some people need to say, Jesus, I want to I want to get the cage off. I want to live in the freedom of the supernatural power of God. I want to I want to know you more. I want to have sin dealt with. Help me to self-medicate when it comes to sin in my life. When we go back to God. The devil always says when we're when we're loyal to sin, when sin happens, it, it has a voice that says, now you've sinned, run away from God. Isolate yourself, stay away from church, run, run far away. When we're listening to the voice of Jesus and we're loyal to Him, we sin and we say, Jesus, I come back to you. Forgive me again. Forgive me again. I know I'm weak. I know I, I shouldn't have done it, but I want, I want to be cleansed. I want you to heal me. I want you to forgive me. And He is righteous and just to forgive us from all of our sin, whenever we sin. It's, we, we live with a mindset of, of life is in an event. So yeah, I made that event once. I went to church, asked Jesus to forgive me. I accepted Him as my Lord and Savior. But then the very next day, I did some of the things that I hate doing. I did it again. And therefore, God must hate me. No, you just go back again. As I said earlier, repent and repent often. Do it as long as symptoms persist. And if they persist longer, see your pastor. Or see Pastor Kylie. She'd love to see you about that. <clears throat> but what, what we're going to do, I'm going to ask you to come down. So I said, we're going to do things a bit differently. You just come right down along the front, uh, make a bit of a you know, line or whatever you want to do. And I'm just going to ask the leadership team, the ministry team, Pastor Josh, Pastor Michael, Jimmy and Beth are here. Uh, I'll get Bernard to help. Jeff Cheen can help. And we're just going to stay, stand behind you and lay hands on you as much as we can. And, uh, and, and then I'm going to pray for everyone who comes. So we're going to worship. Come on down. Let the Holy Spirit begin to deal with, with things in your heart in a, in a personal way. And we're going to pray release and power and the Holy Spirit to do what he, only He can do in our lives today. So I invite you to come right now as we sing. Penny, thank you. Will sing, pray 